0: some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equip to Be. What helped shape your family's relationships? Let's specifically talk about siblings. We recently had another family gathering, and if you have listened to the program much, you know that our family gets together on a regular basis, and everyone tends to drop everything, rearrange their schedules to be together, whether we're getting together to celebrate a birthday or just a family movie night, or maybe it's just to welcome home somebody that has done a recent travel. I'm often asked, how did you get your kids to get along? And what do you do? Is there something secret about having adult kids that actually like to be together, to work out problems together? Is it easy? Is there a three-step plan? And it has really had me thinking, about the whole dynamics of relationships. And so that's what we're going to talk about in this episode of Equip to Be. I'm your host, Connie Albers. I'm glad you're with us. I'm glad you tune in every week. Thank you for making us be able to stay on the air and just to be able to serve you better. That's what we're here for. Otherwise, it's just a waste of time, isn't it? Nobody wants to waste time. We certainly don't want to waste your time here at Equip to Be. The question that I'm often asked, because I am a mother of five, the kids are all grown. I'm a grandmother now, which is really fun to say. I have been looking forward to this for decades and I'm loving it. And I'm also loving the new perspective that I get from being a grandparent. It's interesting. You have a vision of what your family will look like before you have kids and they're all going to get along and they're all going to have a great time. And it's just, oh, you could just picture it in your mind. Then you have start having the children or you have your first one, and you think, oh, I love this. Let's have a brother or sister. Let's add to our family. And so you do. And maybe that child isn't so keen on having somebody intrude their space. Or in our case, we had many who had five babies. And with every new addition to the family, enters in a whole new set of relational dynamics, personality clashes. They didn't get to choose each other, did they? <laughs> no. They didn't choose what little newborn would come bouncing in their house, how eager we were to introduce someone to their little brother or sister. We had such high hopes that they'd fall deeply in love with them as we did. And maybe they're not as captivated by them. All of a sudden, (laughs) those older children, their sleep gets disrupted. They're told to wait. I got to feed the baby. Wait. Baby's napping. Be quiet. The baby's sleeping. No, we can't do that because of the baby, the baby, the baby. And all of a sudden, those older children are like, hey, I don't know what I think about this baby. It's like our whole lives were turned upside down and disrupted. We can't go do all these things we used to do because of the baby, which can lead to resentment, can't it? If you have more than one child, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're constantly juggling, aren't you? You're juggling trying to meet the needs of the older children and spend time with them and explain that life does get disrupted when we add a new addition to the family, but that they're the siblings. And I've had some parents tell me their children have said, send the baby back. I don't want that one, let's get a new one. This one cries too much, need a better model. I didn't want a girl, I wanted a boy. I didn't want a boy, I wanted a girl. I I didn't want twins, one was enough. You know, the things that kids say are pretty honest and (laughs) sincere, and they do mean it, at the moment at least. But how do we cultivate those relationships when the siblings don't get to choose who their brothers and sisters are? They don't get to choose how far apart the kids are. They don't get to choose where that baby's gonna sleep. That's pretty much the size of the home will dictate first, and then the preference of the parents. And if the child objects too much or they protest too loudly, then you know the parents may work out something differently. But siblings... They're thrown together slowly unless of course you have adopted a sibling group or foster children some of you may have kids that are relatively far apart your spans the age of 18 to 8 or 18 to 8 months old with a whole bunch in between some of you may have two older children and then god blesses you with one 10 12 years later and you're like whoa i didn't see this happening but the specific focus of our conversation today is really going to be on the siblings and I want you to see through their eyes. I'm working on some new projects and it's caused me to ask some questions and it's allowed me to also watch my own kids. The other day, my daughter had been traveling Europe for about three weeks. She's very creative and so she loves to travel. It inspires her with new ideas to see the beauty of God's creation, just the differences in culture. And so she got back and everybody came over that night, like literally, we said, hey, you know, dinner at mom and dad's house. Now, I didn't plan a wonderful dinner. I'll just tell you, I think I cut up some hot dogs and put some beans. I made some really weird, I thought it was going to be good. It was a squash, don't, don't get sick, but it was a squash, zucchini, red onion, which that's good. But then I put some Italian dressing on it and then I thought, oh, I'll throw some cheese on it. It didn't turn out well. Needless to say, nobody ate it oh, we had some burgers, but I didn't have enough. And then I decided I'd make some spaghetti sauce, but I forgot to make the noodle. So it was just truly spaghetti sauce. I mean, it was just one of those non-impressive family dinners, but there was enough. There was enough for our gang of 10. But what caught me is I'm watching the dynamics. I'm watching how they cut up. I watch how they ask questions. Tell me about this part. What was your favorite meal? Did you have any hiccups and glitches? What was your favorite thing that you did? And then I'm watching them talk about, hey, nobody called me while I was away. And everybody replied, well, nobody usually calls people when they're on their vacation. They're supposed to be on a vacation. You don't call and mess with them. But My family, I need to hear from you. That was pretty eye-opening to me. Friends, they didn't have to come over. There was no threat. I wasn't going to take anybody's keys away because they all own their own car and they live in their own residence. It was just a text sent out that said, dinner at mom and dad's house, any and all are welcome. And all came. Now they didn't show up at the exact same time and we did laugh a lot of my potluck meal, but I was tired, friends. I was working all day. I was taking care of the grandbaby for my daughter-in-law because she's trying to navigate this new season of motherhood. And as a grandparent, I think it's important for us to be available. They don't stop needing us and they don't stop needing each other. I had texted my daughter and said, hey, come on over. You can see your nephew. And she's like, okay, I'll be there. What I'm going to propose to you is to think with me in your season right now. Maybe you have littles. Maybe you're thinking about having children. Maybe you have a bunch of teenagers or you have many that are out of the house. What is the nature of the relationships that your kids have with each other? And what can you do to foster those, to cultivate them, to develop them, to strengthen them? What can you do about it? You know, as your kids get older, and going back to my story of the siblings, they don't ask for that brother or sister to pop in their lives and then dominate everything. They don't ask for the room. And if they do, they may or may not get it. They don't always ask to share a room, especially as they get older. But space may dictate that. But I bet all of you that have children have this internal yearning for your kids to grow up and want to be together and look back on their childhood, not as, yeah, I was stuck with all these kids, these siblings, my brother, oh, that brother, he was always a pain. That doesn't mean that there's not going to be moments where we can get irritated with each other, but we need to look at the dynamics of our home through our children's eyes what they're experiencing, what they're feeling, how they're reacting. Maybe a certain sibling does actually get on the nerves of another sibling because they're one, children, and two, they may be immature, and three, they may be acting out or acting up because something's going on with them that nobody else knows. Maybe they're being taunted at school or bullied. Or maybe when you're not looking, they get made fun of and mocked. And maybe they get told they're not the favorite. I mean, kids, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, kids, even good Christian kids, they can be brutal. Siblings can be brutal to each other. And it's not very often they do it right in front of mom and dad because they're smart enough to know they don't actually want to get trouble. But there's some things we need to think about when we talk. As I sit here and I share with you about our family doing life together, it's not easy. There's constant maintenance on the relationships. There's constant keeping tabs on how people are getting along or not. Comments that are made that don't land in the right place of their heart. And if you listen to the Parenting Beyond the Rules series that I did recently, one of them was about monitoring your mouth. It's about letting the words you say land in a tender place of your child's heart. Well, let's rephrase that. Helping your children, helping siblings learn to speak to each other in a way that lands in a tender place of their brother or sister's heart. So you have this group of kids and you're somehow gonna do life together. The good, the bad, the ugly, the hard, the self-centered days, the unaware days, the sick days. It's possible, but we have to be intentional. It's possible for our kids to grow up and actually be loved for who they are and their differences and know that they fit in this family. And without them, there's a huge void. The family just would not be the same without them. That's what you get to cultivate. You can't mandate and dictate this stuff. You can't force your kids to be friends. No, nope. Friendship isn't forced. Friendship's forged. Friendship is based on a commitment to love. It's a commitment to working things out when things go wrong. It's a commitment to forgiving each other when we've wronged each other. And depending on the ages of your children, wronging somebody can be a daily occurrence. He hit me. He looked at me funny. She won't move over. He won't let me have the remote. He told me I could play in 10 minutes, and it's been 10 minutes, and now I'm still not allowed to play. You know, that sibling snaps back. I said, I might be done. Mom. He ate more grapes than I did. Mom, he took seconds. Mom, he took all the hot water. Mom, she wore my favorite shirt. And honestly, there are days when we just feel like we're nothing but a referee. Timeouts abound. We have conversations ad nauseum. Where do we go with all of that? Depends on the ages and stages. When your kids are little, they're oblivious. They're learning what it even means to not be selfish. What does it even mean to be others aware? In the middle school years, they're learning how to regulate their emotions that are driven by their hormones with the pressure that comes from outside influences because outside influences are having an enormous impact on what they think. Are they measuring up? Are they fitting in? Do they have enough friends or the right friends? And then in the high school years, it's a very different strategy. I need alone time. I need my space. I need to think. I don't always want to have to babysit the kids. I don't want to be the second mom or the second dad. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with you having your older children take care of the younger children, because we do have to work as a team. And you know that if you read Parenting Beyond the Rules. But as your teens start to get older, their needs and desires grow. They may love the little one, but they may be a little more rough. They may become a little more impatient because her mind is going in many more places other than let's just play Legos. Peer pressure, peer influence, external pressures, the desire to measure up, the desire to fit in, maybe the desire to be perfect. All of those are thoughts bouncing around the young adult's mind. And what do we do? We have to break it down into where they are and who they are, where they are, what age are they? What are they trying to do? What's the desired goal and where they are, where they are maturity-wise, where they are in the family order, and what are their needs? What do they need from each other? All these siblings have different needs. As a mother of five, I can tell you my fourth child needed quality time and a lot of it. My fifth child was a party waiting to happen everywhere, anywhere, anytime. He wanted to be the last one to bed and the first one up, always, to this day. Well, he does like to sleep in more. He had to be part of all the action. And sometimes being part of all the action meant causing some of the action because after all, we got to make a party happen. I have another child who was so quiet, just stayed under the radar the entire time of his life because he could float to whatever age, maturity, friend, sibling, friend that he felt like. He had like the best of all of it. When we talk about the nature of building sibling friendships and we go all the way back to how I started, they didn't ask for these little humans to be brought into their world, but they're there. Now let's help them learn to cultivate those relationships so they become lasting lifelong, so that when you're gone, your time on this earth has passed, their communication doesn't stop. Or worse, they become at odds fighting over the fork or the picture that hung on the wall or any number of mementos and their relationships are completely broken apart because they don't know how, because they weren't friends. They were just brothers and sisters. We can help our children have the kind of relationships that will endure the test of time, the hard things, like the really hard things that you are yet to even imagine because some things that might happen to your family will be unfathomable our children become friends because they learn how to truly admire the person they call a sister or a brother. Or they learn to respect each other for who each other is and not what they do and not what they can give or provide for them. How do we do that? You have to first be thinking about what that goal looks like. What is that end goal? And you have to teach this to your children. Through conversations as you go along the way, as one infraction leads to another, you gotta deal with those right away. You gotta talk about them. You gotta identify what's really at the root of the frustration. You gotta bring them back to remind them hey, this is your sister. She is not perfect. She does not do it right, but she loves you. And she's gonna be imperfect all the days of her life. But you've gotta cultivate that relationship with her. You gotta see past her imperfections and past her flaws. And likewise, This is your brother. I know he frustrates you because maybe he doesn't keep his word or he gets forgetful or he cuts up too much, but your brother loves you. And it's our goal. It's what we plan to do as a family to work together so you learn to understand how your brother thinks, feels, and behaves and how he processes the world around him. And we will help you learn to love your brother for the person that he is. And we tell that to all of our kids. We have to be intentional about this. We have to talk openly and often about their relationship. Because mom and dad, we can't force a relationship. They are already brother and sister, but we want to move beyond the DNA that our kids share or beyond the same last name or beyond the adoption or the foster care child that's come into our home. Cuz they're people and God loves all of us equally. He loves all his children. We can help them. We can't force them, but we can help them. Learn the act and art of growing that relationship as each and every one of them grow into the person God's made them to be. As I was sitting at the table and you know, lots of laughter around my potluck dinner, <laughs> I know. I could have got my feelings hurt, but I just had to marvel. Nobody complained that it wasn't a a posh dinner. Yes, we all laughed and cut up, and the last ones that arrived, they just realized, next time I better be here earlier, there's going to be like the yucky food left. But they hung out. They gathered around the kitchen and just stayed there. Couldn't even tell you how many unfinished conversations there were because the minute somebody started one conversation with one person, another person would jump in and say something, and the whole course of the conversation would go off in a different direction the one thing that I observed, and we get together probably every week, whoever can make it, makes it. The common thread is they know they belong in our family and that we're going to have their back and we're going to care for them and care with them about the things they care about. Not equally, but we're doing life together. We're going to esteem each other as more important than ourselves. It's not a bunch of spiritual talking. It's not a bunch of Deep conversations, they're mostly level one, two, maybe three conversations, but it's mixed with rich nuggets of encouragement, comments of care and compassion, respect, lots of entertainment. And when they leave, and we've given the last hug, they go home with their cups full as they go back out into the world, to their jobs, into the marketplace, into all that's out there, and their cups are full knowing where they can come back next week and get refueled, where they know that they matter, they're cared for, no matter what. So it is more than possible to have siblings who enjoy doing life with each other, even though they didn't get to pick their brothers and sisters. And even though they can't change them or make them into who they want them to be, your job as a parent or as a caregiver is to help them first identify the beauty within that child, And then teach them how to love that child in a way that that child knows they fit, they belong in this family, and that we can learn a lot from each other. So I hope this episode of Equipped to Be has been a benefit to you. And I look forward to more episodes now that we have finished The Parenting Beyond the Rules. If you didn't get to listen to that, go back and listen. I think you're going to really enjoy those segments, as well as go through the catalog. We've recently been added to Amazon Music. So go back and check them all out. We've got lots in the archive for you. And you're beginning uh, right now. You know, school's starting up, which means lots of pressure and lots of peer influence, lots of changes. But stay focused on building the family unit and building those sibling relationships. And I know you'll be grateful in the end, even if it's a little bit of a struggle right now. So be blessed and we'll see you next week. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.